Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the Sex Wrap. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Sex Wrap. I feel like... Andrew is going to pause and let me talk for a moment. Uh, so I want to say that Andrew and I are here today to answer all of your questions about sexuality, sexual health, relationships. And as always, we're super excited to talk to you. Okay, Andrew, now you can talk. Hi, everybody. No, hi, Spring. It's really good to see you. Um, I get to see Spring in one month, which is really exciting for me. I get to travel up to uh, New York and get to we're going to a conference, we get to play around in the city and see some shows. It's, I'm really excited to see you. And it's, it is exactly one month from today where, when it all happens. Ooh. And I heard there's some big news yeah, when I come to you next. I'm, yeah, I'm moving to Brooklyn, which is a big change for me. I've been in Harlem uh, for the past several years and I love Harlem and it'll be a big change being uh, further away from the city. Um, but I'm super, super excited. And I think that, you know, I grew up moving around every couple of years. So it kind of just feels like it's time for me to move. Like I've been in the same apartment for three years and I'm like, this it's time to change. <laughs> I mean, those moves are crazy. I remember uh, when I was moving around, getting ready for college and then every year I was moving. I mean, it's kind of exhausting in a lot of different ways. Like the move itself is terrible, having to pack up all your stuff. So I kind of like it now. I get rid of stuff when I move, which is my favorite. Like, oh, now I'm going to get rid of a whole bunch of things. But um, I mean, it's hard whenever you move, uh, especially if you're moving long distances. Yeah. And I mean, I I have spent my whole life moving and I've moved across the world uh, about five times. So I think that I kind of have a bit of practice in that and I'm kind of used to that now um but it's still yeah it's still a lot of emotional and physical energy to <laughs> uproot your life a bit <laughs> yeah. well I am excited to see your new place um and and I mean I, I love looking at properties and houses and uh, spring sent me pictures of the place and it's gorgeous so I'm just really excited for you and I'm excited to see you there and um I'll be there soon after your move to help with the <laughs> thank you <laughs> no um but our question today uh what are we talking about it kind of relates really well to our conversation so far What's so our, question? our question today is about how can i make real friends and mm. yeah this is it is funny because it is in my life highly highly related to this moving idea i since I moved so much, I did have to get really good at making friends. That was one of the first skills I feel like I learned <laughs> in life because every time I moved, I had to start over from scratch and there wasn't even, you know, this social media ability to keep us connected with people in our lives then. And so not that as a young child, you even really have that option, but it was every time we moved, I had my sister 
uh, and my parents. And then I had to find some people outside of that. And I was painfully shy. I think I still am um, pretty shy, but I was painfully shy as a child. I've, yeah, I've learned to overcome my shyness. I know some skills around that also. <laughs> but yeah, every time we moved, I had to learn how to make friends. And so it was this skill that I developed uh, very early on of actually just throwing myself into clubs and sports and just everything that was available in the new place I was in and joining all of these things, looking for people that I could relate to and make friends with. Wow. I, I love how you talk about it as making or building a skill. Um, and we're going to re-hit essentially spring just to give you the entire outline <laughs> of our episode today. All the things that she did as a child are the things that we have to try to do. Um, and we know one of the biggest concerns of, uh, of people in the United States, doesn't matter how old they are, is loneliness. We have a lot of very lonely people. And it seems that uh, a lot of social media use or heavy Facebook or Instagram, Twitter uh, use doesn't make people feel less lonely. Often it makes them feel kind of isolated. We can talk about that at a different episode as well. But today we're going to be talking about how to make the kind of friends that you want around you that make your life better and you make their life better as well. Because friendship should also be reciprocal. Um, and we know that as you get older, um, for most people, it gets harder to make friends. So like if you're in elementary school, it's easy. There are people around, you're running and doing stuff with them. You're in middle school, it's a little bit harder. You're in high school. And then eventually you're in college and beyond. And that the idea of making friends is almost foreign. Um, you kind of expect it to be granted. You expect it just to sort of happen to you because you've been in these situations your whole life where friendship just sort of grows from those situations. Um, and it's a lot harder. And we're going to be talking a little bit why, a little bit about why. Um, so I love, I love that our listeners ask this question. I think it's really important. I think loneliness is dangerous and it's linked to all kinds of negative health outcomes. Um, and having just a few good people in your life can really change your whole world around. Yeah. And what you said is interesting, this idea that getting older makes it harder to make friends because basically because you're not in school, right? So you're not around a diverse selection of peers all the time. Um, but I mean, I would also say that we're talking about this as a skill and actually that you can develop the skill over time and in my life, I feel like it's gotten much easier as I've gotten older because of that. And so I think that we can also think of it in that way and say that, sure, maybe you have to put yourself in different situations, but the actual ability to make friends could actually be easier if you're practicing and working on this skill over time. So um, I'm really outgoing. So Spring started out as a shy child and she learned to be to, skills to be make friends, I started out as this really extroverted kid. And I'm still pretty extroverted and out there and loud and, and happy. Um, and I moved to Miami, I think five or six years ago, and I moved with my partner and my best friend in the world. And we all decided we were doing this move together. We all got a place together. Um, and since I've been here, I've made a few good friends. Um, but since I moved with two people who I can hang out and do almost anything with and go to movies and bars, whatever it is we're doing, restaurants, it's kind of weird. Like uh, the need for me to go out there and make new friends seems kind of blunted or diminished. So I, I'm going to work on it. And that's the other reason why I wanted to answer this question today when it came up, because I need to take my own advice here and actually practice um, this set of skills. Um, let's see. 
but we said it gets harder when you get older, especially if you're not practicing the skill because you meet fewer new people. Like if you think about your life as you get older, there are fewer and fewer new activities and new people that you're meeting most of the time. Um, and a lot of times your priorities might change too. Um, so when you're in elementary school, you're probably more focused on friends in middle school, but all of a sudden you get into high school and beyond and you're thinking about your romantic partner. Um, you might be thinking about your family. You might be thinking about a job or college. Um, you might be thinking about your dog. <laughs> and if you're thinking about your dog, that's great because dogs are the best friends of all. I miss my dog. I wish he was here right now. Um, <laughs> but I mean, the priorities change away from making friends. And along with that, um, if someone says, do you want to be friends? It kind of almost has like an icky feel in society today, like almost like we've become too cool to make friends. Like we need them, we want them, but we can't say like, let's be friends or let's work on building a friendship. But, I mean, I I think that's your personal kind of put on that also. I mean, I just a couple of weeks ago, I had kept running into this person and I said to them, I was like, do you want to be friends on social media? So then we can like become real friends. And they loved that. And they thought that was like a super cute thing to suggest that we could like actually, uh, you know, develop that into something. And so. Because that was you practicing <laughs> your skill set right right there most people don't have that skill set most people didn't move around all of those times and most people weren't forced into those new situations so yeah i mean exactly i, I mean this is going to be about me talking about what some of the research says this is going to be spring saying like hold up this is a great example because i do it um okay so i just mentioned science so if we look at almost all of the research around friendship or new friends or real friends you only need three things doesn't seem that hard, right? You need proximity, which means you need to be close to the person. Um, that's why sometimes social media isn't as effective as actual face-to-face -face interactions. You need repeated, unplanned interactions. So that means you need to be seeing this person uh, in mostly unstructured kind of ways. So you're not making like a specific date with the person, but you're seeing them around. Like, so if you're at school, you have constant repeated unplanned interactions. You're always seeing those kind of people. If you're in college, you have repeated unplanned interactions. But once you leave um, that often, the only interactions you see are work related. Hmm. So proximity, repeated unplanned interactions. And then the third one um, and for me, this is the hardest one overall, is that you need to have some kind of vulnerability with this other person, right? Nobody wants to be friends with a plastic, well, some people probably want to be friends with a plastic, I shouldn't say nobody, um, but most of the time people don't want to be friends with somebody who's perfect, who's not vulnerable, who's all smiles, who, like, there's not a lot of depth to that person, there's no vulnerability. Um, so we know that for real friendships to grow and develop, you need to have be close to them, you need to have interactions with them, and there needs to be some kind of vulnerability. And, yeah. and we're going to talk a little bit more about yeah, vulnerability I think, too. Well, I mean, I wanted to say something about vulnerability. I think that that is super important in all of our relationships to um, be able to really show how we feel and communicate that to somebody um, so that they can understand who we are, where we are, where we're coming from. And that is how you make real connections. And um, for some people that can feel scary. And I think that one of the skills within this overall skill is really this, this um, 
this ability to allow yourself to be vulnerable with someone. And um, it is that, that I think, you know, actually, to me, that seems like the strongest uh, part of this that we can really work on developing in ourselves. I mean, proximity and these repeated unplanned interactions. I mean, we can't plan the unplanned interactions, right? (laughs) I think we should change it to like, slightly yeah. unstructured <laughs> interactions something like that like less structured mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but i think vulnerability is a scary position to to be in too right because if you're vulnerable with somebody and you're talking to them um there's that fear of rejection um you can be afraid of toxic relationships or people who aren't genuine what they seem like to be or you can be afraid of taking getting advantage or you can be afraid of being taken advantage of in those new kind of relationships as well so vulnerability is kind of a sacred space but it, it is one that feels a little bit risky and like spring said it is a skill that you can practice over time and if we're really talking about deep meaningful friendships it's probably like you need to see, be close to the person, you need to see the person, but then doing something that allows you to open up to them and them to open up to you in a real way is the start of a friendship. Yeah. I just like, whenever I think of vulnerability, I, I feel like, okay, I don't know if you're going to make fun of me for this image or not, but I envision like the Care Bears and like their chest with like, just like opening their hearts and, you know, like the hearts like shooting out of their chest. Like I see this, that's what I'm like envisioning right now. Like, here's my heart. You want to see it? I'm like sending it straight out to you. Um, and I really, I really like that though. Cause it's like a beautiful, like, let me share this part of myself with you. Let me offer you this. Oh, the Care Bear stare. <laughs> um, no, when I was a little kid, story time, um, I did not want a G.I. Joe. I wanted a Care Bear and I got really bad pneumonia and I was hospitalized. And the only thing that I would ask for, because, you know, everyone's like, oh, you're so sick. Should we bring you something? I'm like, I want a Care Bear. And that's how I got them. And I got three. I had Sunshine Bear, Sleepy Time Bear and Good Luck Bear. So I had three of them. Yeah, I didn't get the one with the rainbow on its tummy. That's Cheer Bear. Oh, I know. I uh, hey, listeners, do you know anything about the Care Bears? <laughs> uh, um, oh, all right, so we're going to go on break. Uh, we'll be right back after these messages. Thanks, everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. (laughs) So we were just talking about vulnerability. um, And I think also we wanted to talk a little bit about reframing friendship. And we do talk on the show a lot about relationships. And there are a lot of different type of relationships. And I think that we actually really want to think about friendships as a relationship and not all relationships are sexual not all relationships are romantic um but how can we think about friendship within this relationship uh, model well i mean for me if i think about friendship it is about a kind of romance um with another person um not a sexual kind of romance but you know a little bit of flirting a little bit of wooing a little bit of feeling out and having conversations with that other person about how they think and feel about the world and the activities that they like i mean the beginning of a romantic relationship and the beginning of a friendship really 
they don't, they're not that different if you're really trying to get to understand that other person. Um, but I think probably the most important thing to talk about at the beginning of a friendship is talking. Um, friendships are about talking with other people, which means someone has to start. Um, and it can be really hard to start. Um, you can go big, you can talk to a whole bunch of people, or if you're introverted, you could be kind of shy and just talk to one or two people close to you. Um, but sometimes if you want to have friends, if you want to make friends, you have to be the person who gets out there and starts conversation. Yes, yeah, so you have to actually start talking. Um, and unfortunately, uh, internet communication is much less likely to lead to like those real deep long-term friends, right? So you might want to, you might chat with someone online, but if you're not having those face-to-face -face interactions, the chances of that relationship turning into a real deep friendship are a lot less. Yeah. I think that, um, a lot of times when we meet somebody new, we actually don't know what type of relationship we're interested in with that specific person, right? We don't know if we want to be friends with them. We don't know if we would be interested in having some other type of relationship with them. And so I think it really makes more sense to think um, much more broadly when you meet someone, not like, I'm going to see if I can marry this person, <laughs> but I'm going to see yeah. what the best type of relationship would be to have with this person. And, um, you know, the way to go about that really is to start to spend time with someone and start to um, talk with them about, you know, some of the things that are important to them, some of their um, ideals in life and, uh, start to figure that out. It sounds like you're telling me to go on dates with these people. Should we go on dates with our potential friends um, or new friends? Yes. This is like of relationship <laughs> 101, like build romance, flirt with them, go on dates. Um, and I think at the beginning of friendships, going on large friend date with a, like a bunch of people dates is totally fine too, as you're getting to know that person better. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of like dating someone um, and dating someone for the long term, or you're not going to have that messy breakup and who gets the dog. I don't know, um, but it's it's a kind of different sort of relationship, but it has the same beginnings, um, and you need the same kind of connection to that person for that relationship to materialize. Um, there's a really uh, fun little trick uh, that you can use. Um, you have to be a little bit coy about it, and then you have to laugh about it, and then you have to tell the person what you did later, okay? So you don't want to lie to this new person who you're friends with. Um, but something that you can do is you... Uh, no. So you can work to create an inside joke with them, right? So just something between the two of you. And usually that starts with you um, having kind of a non-sequitur little secret that you tell them at random. So you're just like sitting there talking, and you're like, oh, by the way, this funny thing. And then you laugh about it a little bit. And then as you work on the relationship and build trust, the next time you see them, you drop the little line again and you both kind of laugh about it and you already sort of have that little inside joke. And then a few times later, you tell them what you had done. So you actually create this little like internal joke about something you've shared personally about yourself that's kind of funny and laughable. And then later you tell them like, this was my whole ploy the whole time, friend. Okay, this is the hardest thing I've ever heard you suggest. You're like suggesting a way to make an inside joke, but you're making the inside joke on your own and then and then telling them later that you made an inside joke. Yeah, but it's about, it's, but you share a secret about yourself, like something funny, like, 
oh my gosh, blah, 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 ate a dog treat, that kind of thing. And then later when something happens, the next time you're the person like, oh my gosh, it's the dog treat all over again. And then they chuckle because you've welcomed them into something private about yourself. And then later, you're much later. Have you, know, you like, e- several- eaten a dog treat before? I'm sure I have. I used to play truth or dare all the time. I've eaten dog treats, cat treats, wet cat food, wet dog food, Stop. drink bottles of Tabasco Stop. sauce, ketchup, mustard. I love ketchup. If okay. it was in a refrigerator, I ate it. <laughs> not a dare, not because I wanted it. So I was going to win. Okay. Um, no. So, I mean, there's lots of little tricks like that that you can do that have, right. If you're sharing some, with someone something a little bit embarrassing or private about you, that's being a little bit vulnerable. Um, and then you can talk about it again later and bring it up as kind of a joke that you've let them in to something that other people around don't know, right? So it kind of cr- works to create some of those conditions. Um, there's lots of stuff that you can do. Um, the important part is if you're creating the inside joke, eventually you need to tell the person that, oh my gosh, I listened to these crazy sex talk people on the internet on the airwaves because we talked about that last time. Um and they said, create this joke. See, that's our inside joke. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know. I love friendship. I, 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 I hate Valentine's Day. I love romance and I love friendship. Like it's this, this ongoing thing where I want to have people in my life around me that I make feel special and that they make me feel special and I want to build them up so they can do it. And when people ask me this question, I was thinking, well, how do you make friends? And you make friends by being the kind of person that you would want to be friends with. Mm. And I want to just address something that you've been saying, this idea of romance and of flirting with someone. Um, What Andrew means is not this like sexual romance or sexual flirting, but it's like being playful with somebody and doing nice things for them. So like, um, Sometimes we use that word flirting to mean like being kind of playful with someone. And sometimes we use that word romance to mean like seeing what we can do for someone. Um, and it's interesting because I think those have highly sexual um, connotations in this whole uh, dating world that we seem to live in. So, yeah. So, Andrew's not talking about being sexual in any way um, through that process because that would not be conducive to <laughs> making a good No, friend. no, no. You, you, you do not buy your new friend who doesn't <laughs> and then, no. Like, you might like bring them a coffee or something or like a drink that you know they like when you were like meeting up or something like oh I, I bought myself one on the way and I got one for you too like that could be like a nice or you bake some yeah. cookies and you yeah. offer them some yeah. that you have with you yeah like lots of little things. Um, so I, I think I, I, there's a few other things that I want to talk about. Um, so I love what Spring said about how it's a different kind of romance and a different kind of flirting. It follows the same sort of pattern, but it's not about I can't. How do you, it's not about being with just that one person. It's about building a friendship with them. Um, there's a lot of other things that you can do to feel vulnerable, right? Like, um, I've had a lot of friends take improv mm-hmm. classes, um, and they've made really great friends there. Comedy classes. Um, you can go to the gym, you can work out, you can go hiking, pretty much anything that kind of puts you on the line where you're going to be sort of performing in a way where you feel a little bit awkward with other people who are also doing some kind of 
activity or performance where they feel a little bit awkward is a great way to sort of bridge the gap between complete strangers and on the Yeah, path and I mean, I would extend that to be anything where you're really um, learning a new skill. So, because that is that same type of thing where you're um, a newbie at something and you are in that together. So, any type of even crafting, it doesn't need to be a physical type of thing. It could be any type of crafting or any type of um, musical, like any type of skill, like maybe it's taking guitar, group guitar lessons. Maybe it's learning to knit. Um, any of these things where you can all be um, novices together gives you that ability to have that sharing and that learning and that um, common thread to start with. Oh, common thread for crafting and knitting. Um, I'm still stuck on the knitting. It's like, what? Knitting? Um, if you're a listener and you like knitting, I'm not making fun of it. It's something that I don't understand. Maybe I should try it because maybe that could be a way for me to make a new knitting friend. Oh, I knit the coolest bikini top and then I never made the bottoms. And I'm still sad about that. Why don't you I need knit the bottoms? Knitting, I need to find a knitting friend to knit with a, me. A knit, <laughs> a knit friend? Knitting? Oh. All right. <laughs> I think we're getting close to the end. Do we, do we have anything else that we want to talk about in terms of how to make friends? Um, we don't want you to be lonely listeners. We want to give you the skills um, so you can get out there and make some friends. Like Spring said at the beginning, um, you need to practice and practice makes better. Um, and the more times you're out there putting yourself on the line, being vulnerable, talking, um, making the opening line with other people, starting those conversations, the more likely you're going to start building those long-lasting real friendships. And I, I think that we should talk a little bit about how social media can interact with that and can actually um, facilitate it as well, because we've talked about how social media is not a substitute, but I think that it actually can facilitate a blossoming friendship um, or even just someone that you've met that you think you might want to pursue being friends with. Um, and right. that, the real issue is using social media as a substitute for face-to-face -face or events or vulnerability. Like often, I mean, how many times have you sent a text, deleted it, retyped it, deleted it, retyped it, deleted it? Cause you're trying to say the perfect words. Um, that's not, that's the opposite of vulnerability. Right. When you're face to face with someone, you don't get to think for 20 minutes about the one sentence text that you just or the one emoji that you sent to them. Um, so it's really making sure that you're using uh, social media to enforce or reinforce or reify those face to face interactions, not be a substitute for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so having we could talk about like meetup, there's, there's lots of tools as well. Like if you really don't know, um, there are, there's this website called Meetup where you can find tons of people who have similar interests who are all sort of looking for friends about the interest. So the internet can really help you. Some of the social media tools can help you find people with similar backgrounds and interests too. Yeah. And then once you've met someone, the texting or the chatting through different social media will actually help you start to uh, get to know them also so that you have some things to build on and talk about when you see each other. So I think that you know, we can really use these tools to help facilitate and foster deep and meaningful friendships. Yeah. So a lot of tools at your arsenal, start practicing them, work on vulnerability and being your genuine self. No need to be your perfect internet self all the time. Forever, <laughs> really. Just look at my social media. I'm never my perfect. <laughs> um, all right. So we're at the end of our show. And today we have a tip. Um, and our tip today is 
just the tip. Um, reconnecting to existing friends is sometimes the fastest path to friendship, right? So we all have people in our lives who we loved, who um, through through moving in our past, just changes in location, we're no longer as close to. Um, so taking some time and energy, thinking about people who really made your life better, that kind of reciprocal friendship where you make their life better as well. Um, call them up, say hello. Um, actually work on reconnecting there. And that can be the fastest path to making friends. And I just want to uh, refute one other scientific thing you said. You said that no one wants to be friends with a plastic person. No one wants to be friends. Oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry, Roxy. Yeah. I have a mannequin uh, who has a lot of friends on social media. Uh, (laughs) She's very popular. So I just wanted to say that some people do want to be friends with plastic people. (laughs) That's not what I meant by plastic, but it works for... Okay. I'm sorry, Roxy. I'm unfriending her later today. Okay. Uh, If you have any questions or if you want to comment on our show, just let us know. Um, You can reach us via email. We're thesexwrap at gmail.com. You can reach us by phone. We're uh, 413-IRAPIT. You can find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at thesexwrap. Hope to hear from you soon. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or just too af- Music for this episode provided by the ever-elusive and mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe.